Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. <sighs> hey, listener, it's Zach Harper, Amin Hassan, and Anthony Mays of Cinephobe. You may be asking yourself, what is Cinephobe? Amin, would you like to fill in the people? Cinephobe is the podcast where Zach and I watch movies that are poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes and try to ascertain. Oh, we're trying to well. ascertain? Yes. Okay. Same. Ascertain. Whether or not they're accurately poorly rated, or maybe they didn't get a fair shake. Cinephobe, produced by this guy, Anthony Mays. Hey, that's me. I produced this show. I also watch the movies, even though that wasn't included in the description, and I also ascertain. <laughs> this month is... Wow! Oh, Maze, why do you say that? Supercharge it <laughs> so that this promo can remain evergreen. I feel like explaining a little bit more. In 60 seconds? I don't know. Maybe I don't bring attention to it. Assuring people like, look, if you listen, you're going to get it. Just give it, give it time. That's a good promo. Just listen to it. Give it time. You'll figure it out. Is this the promo right now? Isn't it? Okay, I think we got it. Sit Where have you get podcasts? <laughs> Coming to you live from the Ray Horseman Studio in North Hollywood, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. On today's show, are you an illustrated man looking for an eraser? Plastic surgeon Dr. David Rosenberg tells us how to remove tattoos. Think twice before you wear your heart on your skin. And anxiety. It affects 40 million adult Americans. If you are one of them, therapist Mark Weiss offers some coping mechanisms, like breathing into a paper bag, perhaps. We'll find out. I'm Adam Felber, speaking to you through a paper bag because I have the anxiety-provoking task of keeping the show on track. And now, please welcome the woman who keeps my breathing shallow, Paula Poundstone. Thank you very much. Welcome, Paula. Thank you. So nice to be here. And <laughs> thank you to tonight's house band, drummer Eric Calver. Oh, my God. I'm going to enjoy this. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, I think I was the one who said drums. Well, yeah, you named an instrument. We all agreed. I, yeah. it's not really no, that much. No, I of an think inst- you dragged your feet a little bit on drums. Yeah, pretty sure I did. Yeah, no, no, no drums you're... and uh, toy piano. You were a little oh, reluctant on toy piano. Still reluctant on toy piano. My apologies to our toy pianist was here a few weeks ago, but. Uh... <laughs> But I want to move now to something very exciting, and uh, we have a new sponsor this week. Yay! And it is a sponsor that I am already familiar with. Ladies and gentlemen, it? our new sponsor is Withings. Withings is this company that makes smart things. Like, I've, I've for years I've had this Withings smart watch that looks like a beautiful analog watch, but is in fact, you know, counting your steps and stuff. It's a tracker. Oh. And it communicates with your phone, but it just looks like this beautiful watch. Uh-huh. So what we're advertising tonight, though, with our new sponsor, Withings, it's the Withings Smart Scale. This one's called the Withings Body Plus, and it was named by Tom's Guide, the overall best smart scale of 2018. Now... 
You're wondering what a smart scale is, right? I am wondering what a smart scale is. Okay, you step on this scale. It doesn't just tell you what you weigh. It communicates and tracks your weight with your phone, iOS or Android. It's got its own little health app. Also, it tells you what your um, heart rate is. It tells you what the weather is outside. It lets you know what your body mass index is. Wow. Your BMI, your fat and muscle content, all that. This scale does it for you. And our very own Tony Anita Hull, producer extraordinaire, has been using this product for a year. Am I right, Tony? Yep. And how do you feel about Tony? I love it. She says Tony she loves, loves it. it, and she's, there's no gun to her head. So here's the exciting thing. Visit withings.com, that's W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S dot com, slash Paula. That's, we want you to do that's this. That's P-A-U-L-A. That's P-A-U-L-A. If you go to withings.com slash Paula, you can learn all about this stuff. But having entered slash Paula in there, you also entitle yourself to a special offer of 30% off any of the body composition scales. Is there any way they can get 30% off? Well, I just told you, Paula, that you need to visit <laughs> withings.com slash Paula. Oh, P-A-U-L-A. W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S. Yeah. Right. And, and if they do that... They'll get the 30% off. They will get the 30% oh, off on man, the smart scale that will be communicating and it interacts with all the other health apps and stuff uh-huh. like that. You, yeah. you are, you're going you're gonna to want the yeah. scale. Does it come up on like your toaster or something? Uh, there is no there your... is no Withings smart toaster as of yet. No, but I, is you, go, you step on the scale right. and then in the other room, because you're in the bathroom right. on the scale, but in the other room you can hear the toaster going... Don't put judging any butter you, on it this judging time. Judging you, yeah. Well, you know what? Maybe you can communicate with the Withings team to find out, uh, you yeah. know, if they're going to build a smart toaster that makes great you idea. a, a weight appropriate breakfast in the that's morning. Right. Yeah, that's a great idea. Here, you get a raisin. <laughs> this morning, you get a raisin. <laughs> That's all you get. Okay, now, Paula, moving on. But by the way, everybody with things.com backslash Paula, I understand that you had an adventure ordering room service recently. Speaking of food. Oh, I did. You did. Uh, I I was in a hotel. Now, when I'm on the road, trying to get vegetarian food is not always easy. So I ordered some Thai food. It got delivered to me kindly. It was in a bag in like to-go containers. And come to think of it, the bag was on top of a wicker tray. And this gentleman delivered it to, to my room. I put the tray. So, so the hotel guy probably put it on a wicker tray to bring right. your. They were trying to make out. it fancier than it actually. Yes, they're trying to make nothing it seem, says class like food on wicker. Right. Well, they were trying to make it seem like it just wasn't food in a bag. Right. So it was okay. food in a bag on wicker. <sighs> right. So anyway, so I put it on the bed. Yeah. And I opened it up, and there were two containers, little plastic souffle. Cups. One had the. I'm almost certain that you don't mean souffle cups, but okay. Yeah, I do mean souffle cups. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm from the restaurant business. Okay. Um, They're called souffle cups, and they have. um, One of them had like the little red pepper. I don't know what you call it, like the sprinkles. Oh, like red pepper. That's what you call it. And then the other one had like some sort of liquid with the pepper in it as well. And then another kind of. I was blackish. It was a chili paste. It was likely a chili paste. No, it was drippy. Yeah. It was a thin. Oh, it wasn't okay. a paste. It oh, was, was a sauce. It was thin. It was a tie. So when we we just sauce. learned something about Adam, which is growing up, he did not have quality paste. Okay. Um, <laughs> probably a lot of Europe projects just fell apart yeah. right there on the school bus. Well, yeah, I put chilies on them. Um, so anyways, all right. So I opened up the bag and those things had spilled. Oh. And now they'd gone That's uh, through the bag, through the wicker Oh, which thing, you had put on the bed. Which I put on the bed. Oh, so boy. now they'd gone through the bed. 
I'm willing to bet not the worst thing that's ever touched that hotel bedspread. More than likely not. But when I, I, to the degree that when I slid my feet down to go to bed later, when it was time to go to sleep, uh-huh. there was hot sauce on my feet. I had hot uh-huh. sauce on my feet. My hands were burning. I don't think that's anybody's kink, by the way. No, we finally it was, hit no, it. it was so yeah. disgusting. And you know what? The thing is, here's the thing. Okay. This is why I bring it up. Because I think this is important for everyone to understand. Okay. Why put hot sauce on anything? On anything? It just ruins it. And some of it had gotten into the main course anyways. It's like an obstacle eating. It was just it's terrible. Well, I can it's, understand that you don't want hot sauce on your food, but I love hot sauce. Well, it's supposed to be on the side, not on the bed. Well, I agree with you. And, and, I'm not disagreeing with that, but yeah. like you then took it to a place of... of Pronouncing like the Burgermeister Meisterburger of the holiday season that there shall be no more hot sauce on anything. And I don't agree. I think hot sauce is great. I, oh, it's awful. It's like some sort of weird punishment. It's like it's it's making it hard to eat the food. Why not? So you just, don't like spicy food not, of any kind. Why not sew your lips shut and that can be a challenge? Or just drive a fork through your hand before you begin. I feel it's like both pain. of those things would be less pleasant than a little bit of habanero flavor in my soup. A little bit of what? Habanero. Why are you saying that? Because that's a pepper oh, sauce. Why? I've never heard of that. You never heard of a habanero pepper? No. Have you heard of a jalapeno? Yes. Well, the habanero is a little bit spicier. Uh huh. Yeah. So that's the sort of thing you you put that in your food. I I shop at the hot sauce store at the farmers yeah. market here in L.A. Yeah. Why not just get like um, what's that stuff called that they make highways out of? Asphalt. Yes. <laughs> I feel like that would be unpleasant and well, possibly fatal in yeah, my food. Well, exactly. And but hot sauce try, is just... try sleeping with it on your feet, why don't you? Well, I uh, look, I'm going to be the first to agree with you I that hot sauce on your feet... I called the front desk and yeah. complained. <laughs> Did you really? I said, somebody put hot sauce on my bed. <laughs> and we already know, having heard this whole story, that it was you. Uh, well, yeah, but the hotel didn't know that. I guess not. Yes, somebody, somebody put hot in. sauce on my bed. Was it was it particularly bad because it was something spicier on your feet, or was it just gross? No, it was spicy. You could it feel was, the tingling. I, yeah, no, yeah. my hands were burning, my feet were burning. No, it's true. It's true. The, I'm those lucky things will make I everything burn. But I yeah. love that stuff. Yeah, I mean, but I, why would you? And the thing is, like your esophagus and the area where you swallow, I'm aware, that doesn't even have the same you know external protections of your hand or feet. That's why so, it burns a little bit when you eat. It hot doesn't sauce. burn a little bit. It my hands were burning, Adam. Wow. They were burning. <laughs> I get it. So when it goes to the sensitive area, right? Like you know what I mean? Like, like if I had put it on like my armpits, I'd be dead right now. You wouldn't be dead, but you'd have been in a lot of pain. <laughs> yeah. Then again, I'd be. I would not even the most devoted hot sauce enthusiast would recommend that you. Put it on your armpits. But it could have happened in this incident. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly yeah, what I'm telling a, you. It's, it's very a harrowing, dangerous. Harrowing it's incident. A very dangerous. And I don't know how people live like that. You know, I just went through an entire bottle of secret armadillo hot sauce. Loved every bit of it. Secret. Secret ar- aardvark. Secret aardvark. Har- secret hot sauce. aardvark. Yeah. What do you mean, secret aardvark? It's a brand. It was a really good one. Uh huh. Secret aardvark. Yeah. Look it up on the, on the uh, internet, everybody. Uh-huh. Uh, they, they should advertise with us because I will. I will recommend. It. Once the Russians find out that we have secret. Aardvark hot right, sauce. Hot, here's They're going to get to them. Hot They're going to get to the aardvark. names are generally terrible. If you go to that hot sauce store in the farmer's market, what, there uh, is wait, so wait, much wait, back about- up. Yes. There's a hot sauce store? It's like I, this- I'm glad that you heard it the second or third time I said it. 
Uh, There's a hot sauce store? Legendarily, in the farmer's market. It's it's called Light My it? Fire. It's it's a reasonably sized little boutique. Is it bigger than this studio? Yes. Okay, could you get off my lap? This is small. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very small studio. I'll it's a very know. small studio, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a very specific thing, a hot sauce store. It is. How do they stay in business? By selling hot sauce. That's not. I'm not the sell. only person. No, Russians, yes, it's a front for a diamond laundering. No, or when the Russians what? find out, it's probably part of Trump's charity. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Yeah, yeah. Sure, no, no, no. When it's, the Russians it's, find it's out that we have a business. hot sauce, is not in a fact, viable. In fact, business. the shelves are numbered. Like hot sauces are generally um, measured. Uh, well, they measure them on a scale of one to ten in hotness. Uh-huh. And so, like you, you know, you you select a nice hot sauce from the eight shelf. You're gonna have a delightful, yeah. delightful. So they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Don't touch it. Kind of. That's they don't the have a lot of ones one. and twos, to be honest with they you. Because who wants a hot sauce that isn't hot? Yeah, a mild, just a. Just a mild a, sauce. May, just yeah. something that might add flavor but cause no pain. It's not about the pain. Although, yeah. Yeah. as I was about I bet to say. I you love Captain Crunch. No, I don't because it hurts your mouth. Exactly. But it doesn't <laughs> add any value either. It's just like, it's just like this is going to taste like, I don't know, some other cereal, but it's also going to cut the roof of your mouth. No, you know, and they have a Captain Crunch store over in the farmer's market. They don't. <laughs> Do. They, they, they do. But what Ahoy! I was trying to say was that the way they name hot sauces is yeah. kind of objectionable. Why? I would say about forty percent of them are named after various satanic things, and the other forty and and, and another forty percent uh, involve butt rape. No, <laughs> it's just yeah, they're all called no. like ass on fire, demon violation. It's it's really it, it's it's gross. That is gross. Yeah. You know what? This really adds to my argument. It does. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. deny it, but Ass it, it's on fire. Oh my god! Yeah, and that's that's. So there are the... people at a dinner table, and they go and they say to one another, "Could you pass the ass on fire?" I I would hope not. <laughs> I mean, there's a certain novelty to it, and there's a certain sort of machismo involved in hot sauces, and I've always objected to that because all I want is spicy hot sauces. But it's not part of how you show your manhood. No. Bullshit. I can do that in many other ways. <laughs> Oh, you oh think- can you? Yes, absolutely. I will show you my manhood right now. <laughs> Boy, hold on. I'll well, make look, a balloon you animal. You soda all the time. Yeah. Now, my kids won't go near anything carbonated because they find it unpleasant when it hits their mouth. Yeah. And it is. I didn't drink it when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah, because for the same reason. And yeah. one day maybe too- you'll, you'll yeah. grow up and eat some hot sauce. Yeah. No, it's not a thing that you want to aspire to. Anyways. Well, I think it is. Let's move yeah. on. Yeah. So um, you've told a story on this show about your daughter getting a tattoo. Let's review it for listeners because we're moving into an area where we're about to introduce our guest. We've been treating him like he's not here to this point. All right. Uh, let's act like he's not here some more. Okay. Um, so my daughter, a few years ago, when she went to college, I said, you know, you have to get good grades and no tattoos. Okay. Uh, that was, you know, not a high bar, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, but one day we were right in front of the Congressional Library, as I recall. In fact, it was a rather warm day. And I never paid any attention to the fact that she's wearing a black jacket on a warm day. This was like uh, after her first semester of college? or Yeah, I don't know. Maybe a couple of years okay. or something. I can't something. remember. But anyways, I asked her to take a picture of me in front of uh, the Library of Congress. Uh, Library of Congress. Sure. And as she went to do so, her jacket dropped down and I saw... To my dismay, uh, a tattoo. And I said... What was it a tattoo of? I don't know. It was something from Picasso. 
Uh, oh. But I said, uh, I, I believe I'm... Oh, those kids are mainlining Picasso again, huh? I, th- I think I'm quoting myself accurately. I believe what I said was, is that a fucking tattoo? Huh. And she said, where? <laughs> she might have gotten away with it, too. <laughs> yeah. Had you not it's, then identified where it was. Yeah, it's not one of those family stories that's going to die easily. I no, mean, no, no, no. I feel a little bad talking about it out of class, but at the same time, yeah, I, th- no, no. I think she has this coming. She brought it on just by saying where. Yeah, where, okay. honestly, that was like any uh, any other response would have been preferable. But it was like on her forearm, right? Yeah. And- well, then it didn't occur to me, by the way, that she'd been wearing, you know, I've been like sweaty hot in Los Angeles, she'd been wearing that black jacket for months. <laughs> It didn't occur to you. I, no, I never really noticed. Wow. Uh, now, why, looking you, back, why were you so against her getting any kind of tattoo? Because they're stupid. Because it's a fashion that comes and goes. Like anything else. It's, yeah. It's, you know, why I put something... I feel like Picasso might be here to stay. No, but not the piece of art itself, but just the idea of having writing on your skin. Okay. Uh, so you is, feel like Popeye made a bad choice. I do. Okay. Yeah. Far, I, I feel like it's, a, it, it, it's not like he'd be hard to identify without the tattoo, let's face it. But, no, um, yeah, yeah. Well, he but, did have a distinctive way of talking. And, they, they, and his girlfriend couldn't gain weight. Right, so. no, no. She was very, very high metabolism. Yeah, and yeah. and yeah, yeah. So anyway, so now I think, let's talk about how to get rid of those. Well, here we have someone who can tell us all about how to remove tattoos because he does it every day. That's it. That that might be probably not every day. I bet he doesn't do it every day. Doctor David Rosenberg is a board certified plastic surgeon in Beverly Hills, and part of his practice is removing tattoos. Please welcome Doctor David Rosenberg. Adam, you know I have a house full of cats and a couple of big dogs. So I have this one cat who every night likes to stand in the hallway and yowl, and he has kind of a a little bit like me. Because uh, of allergies, I don't know why he has it, but his name is Theo, and he has a really gravelly voice. So he'll, it's it's hard to describe it. I can't do a good impression, um, but it's a little dusty, gravelly voice. Okay, so earlier I was laying on the living room floor because I'm exhausted, and I'm wearing a nylon fiberfill vest. As I'm laying on the floor, Theo shoves his head through one sleeve of the vest. And crawls up and is now stuck inside in between my back and the vest and is yowling because he can't get out. And then finally his head comes out the other sleeve and he goes out. What's not to love? That's what I say. What is not to love? Which brings me to this. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. Your pet is part of your family, you know that already, and you want the best for them no matter what. But vet bills can really add up. Go ahead, ask me. That's why you should check out pet insurance. And with ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they may need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. That's a lot of pets. They allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. 
Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash Paula. That's ASPCA. We spell that A-S-P-C-A. PetInsurance.com slash Paula. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of a midsummer night's dream okay and i played i played peter quince there there's the connection one of the mechanicals that's a great connection also yes has nothing to do with this which is that um quince is an online clothing store and as you know paula i've uh, i've lost a little weight lately oh right 75 pounds yeah so i literally have no clothes that are in my size until i just ordered some stuff at quince and i figured like here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself a whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got yes. the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i, I think my eyes closed they're so it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're European. Keep that in mind. They're oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kinds. You can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. When sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. 
And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh my Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. Ah, thank you, house band Eric Calver. And Eric, you know, I'd say you could even double the amount of time for those segues just because I'm enjoying them so much. Really, really fun. Dr. Rosenberg. Dr. Rosenberg, can I put wrapping paper on you and put you under my tree? 
<laughs> she gives you a beautiful Christmas gift from my daughter. No, I mean, the a Jewish boy for Christmas, like, what more could you ask for? That's right. Wait, and wait, a, I, think that is what, I think and that is what you get at Christmas is I, a Jewish boy, but no, I, I, I that's not the That's not the term in which I meant it, although that would be nice, too. It was uh, more to have the tattoo removed. Oh, that is a gift. Yeah. Yes, yes. yes. How hard is it to remove a tattoo? So removing a tattoo is something that is easy to do. It just takes a very long time. Really? A really long. So if you're looking to have that immediate gratification that so much of us like, you're going to be disappointed. But it is something that, which with time, can be achieved. So okay. it's definitely something that so you just have a, to be patient. if I had a bird, I don't know, one of Picasso's birds on my wrist, how long would it take me to, uh, to get rid of that? Let's say it's about three inches in diameter. So it can take up to two years to what? actually thoroughly remove a tattoo. <clears throat> wow. Yeah, it is so not, not the kind something of thing you do right before quickly. a job interview. Yeah. It's ridiculous because it takes about two hours to get a tattoo or less, but it takes about two years to get rid of it. Wow. wow. And do the people who put them on tell people that? No, there Probably should be not. a warning. Yeah, yes. there should be a warning. Um, <laughs> and how much does it cost to get to t- take a tattoo off? Does it depend on the... Uh, Size depends on the size. Yeah. Um, we usually try to bill it by the uh, number of square inches of the tattoo. So, uh-huh. for example, you're gonna have to pay a little bit more if you have a whole sleeve or your entire back covered than if you just and have you've like, done stuff a like entire backs of and lips sleeves? on your you know back or something. Right. Oh yeah, we've done sleeves. We've done people who had you know artwork on their entire back, on their ankle, Does on other work? parts that we don't like to discuss. Oh, we're gonna right. discuss people. Them. If, <laughs> if people have tattoos on their genitalia. It seems to me that you could charge more, partly because they're so stupid they wouldn't notice. You Have you removed <laughs> tattoos from genitalia? You know, it's funny. We don't get really far with patients by calling them stupid, no. even though it's no, more of an internal monologue. It's no, but it's implied. You don't it's understood. Right. It's sort of like everyone understands it was a bad decision. Well, as long as we've opened this can of worms. It's have probably re- for scheduling. You probably have to use their names. Instead of stupid. Right, because otherwise it would just be confusing with you and your well, nurse. We can't, you know? we can't call it like Do you have stupid in room two? And yeah, and stupid's in yeah. room three and stupid's yeah. in room four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, we just say it in different languages, like estupido in room no one will catch on to that. No one, no one. So no, no, no. Um, so you have removed them from people's genitals? From genitals, we've removed it from ankles, faces. Well, that... ankles, faces I get. Ankles I get. Um, wow, genitals, really. Is it yeah. because is it because they were names? Well, some people for you know forget the names of body parts, and so they like no, to I'm label kidding. Them. Oh no, no, don't, no, don't kid with me. <laughs> you I mean, mean oh, like boyfriend's <laughs> names? Yes. Yeah. So there was one woman who literally had her boyfriend's, or I guess ex-boyfriend's name now, on that special part of her, and she wanted to have it removed, which is understandable because he was no longer a part of her. You oh. know what? I would have the special part removed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she shouldn't have that anymore. No, no, no. no. I'm not. You imagine the confidence, though. I mean, is it always oh, stupidity? But just the yeah. confidence. It's one like, thing to have yeah. your best girl's name put yeah. on your shoulder. Yeah, but um, when yeah. you have somebody's name put on your genitals. Yeah, I'm gonna be with Brandon forever. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'd like him. I'd like him on my vagina. <laughs> I'd like. Forever. I'd like him on yeah. the lips of my vagina what forever. Was the name? I, you know, I can't really say because that might disclose oh, right. the might, identity yeah. of the patient. Yeah, really? let's just yeah. say. I it mean, was... it's not that unique a name, is it? Was it Kanye or something? I mean, <laughs> it was right, right. <laughs> 
Yeah, it might give it away. It might yeah. give it away. Yeah. Wow. wow. So there wasn't a first name. and last name. You know that's what? For sure. She should yeah. have done. This could have been that way there. She wouldn't have to remove it, and yet she'd have some flexibility. So it could have just said stupid's boyfriend. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if anybody's going to... That's a lot of lettering for this very small yeah. space. I, I wonder if genital tattoos are, le- are less um, popular in, like, Germany. And, because they and don't Wales, have genitals? Places where the names are really long. Oh, oh yeah. I could see uh, that. Being, Russia, yeah. for that matter. Oh, those are long names. You know, they yeah, get, they like, three names. And and, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll bet you nobody adds in a middle name. <laughs> <laughs> they do not. All right, let's they leave, do not. Let's leave genitals for a minute. and um, Boy, that's going to be hard for you. Does, uh... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> what am I now, the, the sex fiend on this show, Paula? <laughs> I guess relatively I am. Yeah, yeah, yes, in a yeah, relative sense. Yeah. Uh, Paula's not a fan. Uh, no, not of any. All right, so the, what, what is... What's... The question is, is she a bigger fan of genitals than tattoos? Oh, uh, it's just sex entirely. Yeah. yeah. No, but it's not a judgment thing. I'm happy for the rest of you. Yeah. I just, it's like hot sauce. Right. No, you don't, you don't object to as much as no, you do. No, I do. Hot sauce, I feel, is morally wrong. Sex okay. is fine. fine. I just, just uh, That's just not your thing. I, I would just rather not have it at my table. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's go back to tattoos. Yeah. Um, um, does a tattoo go away completely when you remove it? Yes. It you will... believe him, Paula? Uh, do I believe that it goes away completely? Well, ha- yeah, he seems like an honest guy. He does, but it just seems like it's so it's so permanent. Well, it's a very thorough process. Like I said, it takes about two years. So if you stay with the process, that when you find people who don't have them completely removed, it's usually because they lost the enthusiasm because it hurt them. <laughs> going back, is it painful? So, also a good question. So tattoo removal can be comfortable if it's uh, done in the right way with. Um, whether that's nitrous. numbing cream or nitrous, yeah, uh, or sometimes you know we offer lidocaine injections in our office, which okay. takes away about ninety-five percent of the pain. But no other treatment has, in popular culture, been associated with pain as much as tattoo removal. Like more than and dental just, procedures. Yeah, yeah, it's there's just this concept, this phenomenon that people think that tattoo removal is worse than a root canal, and it doesn't have to be that way. It's not anymore, is what you're saying. Correct. We have the technology. Okay, but when the anesthesia wears off, you've got like six weeks to recover before your next session, right? Correct. And are you hurting during those weeks? No, it's usually, um, you may have a little bit of swelling for a day or two. Sometimes you have a little like blistering the very first or second time, but it only hurts during, for the majority of the time, the pain is just for the actual procedure. And why is it so painful? Yeah, what is it that you're doing? Is it like a giant eraser and it's just that rubbing? It's more that you're like pulverizing this ink and the heat generated from that reaction is very painful. <clears throat> what heat? Wow. I mean, what when you say what like what are you using? So we're using laser energy and uh-huh. the um the color is attracted by it absorbs the wavelength of the light of the laser and that reaction of the uh, ink particle absorbing that energy creates a chemical reaction, which is painful. I'm going to just nod my head. Yeah, right? Yeah, that's a no, lot no, of words. I, I'm, I'm getting that, but that sounds... That's I'm just fire gonna, bad, you, tattoo <laughs> hurt. I'm going to mm. pretend that I understand yeah. that. Huh. So Boy, this is really making stickers seem like a good idea. Stickers on your skin? Yeah. Well, you already disapproved of tattoos. This isn't going to make you love them. No, but I mean, the whole thing is just like anything. Yeah, just... Yeah. Uh. Would it be easier if I said it was just God punishing you for getting a tattoo? Well, I am an atheist. <laughs> <laughs> so no. Uh, no. Um, so what's the most common type of tattoo that you remove? and or, or the most common reason to remove a tattoo? I mean, obviously there's the ex-husband, ex-wife, ex-girlfriend, ex-boyfriend thing. 
the, so, the name is there. That's got to be pretty common. That's extremely common. That is one of the most common. But they, actually, the most common tattoo we remove is a tramp stamp. And usually it's now, because... Now, what is a tramp stamp? Oh, uh, we're getting back It's a little bit of alliteration. <laughs> so that's why it's popular to say. It's rhyming. It's not alliteration. Yeah. Oh, good point. Thank yeah, you. It's welcome. rhyming. Yeah. My bad. Um, it was very popular... <laughs> Uh, he does I don't know. Like would you say time, by the way. in the eighties? Is it more the eighties? Would I you say it, it was I popular? Think it's been around for a long time. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's a tattoo at the small of a your lower back, back tattoo. Mm. Generally, and what makes people decide they don't want that? Age. Yeah, that it they was really hot it. in their twenties. If but... there's one thing they can't see, it's that. Yeah, that's I mean, true. I'm well, their even, kids can I'm see it. I'm not even positive. It's more that their children can see it. I'm not even positive how dimpled my butt is. Um, you I'm can't, not going to tell you. you <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take callers now. <laughs> that can be like a that can. Milwaukee, be like, you're on the line. How dimpled this ball is, button? <laughs> yeah. That can be like a how many jelly beans in the jar kind of contest yeah. we could have how with many, our listeners. How many divots? But um, yeah, they can't see it. So you're saying their kids see it and their, their kids, kids are like, comment. "Mom, what's that? Why oh. is that there? That's ugly." It, it, yeah, it's it's ugly, and it's kind of hard to explain too because it's a kind of tattoo that it, it's a somewhat. Like I used to follow White Snake around. Yeah, you know, it's, a, now, it's a sexual yeah. thing. It's, it's just Mommy not... made some very bad choices in her early life. So you, you take off a lot of tramp stamps. What else? Yeah, exes' names. Um, and then other just uh, symbols that people just don't find important anymore. Mm-hmm. Like oh. that they, they had something that really meant something to them, whether it was a Mighty Mouse tattoo or <laughs> maybe like a little star on their forearm and it just... <laughs> It doesn't mean as much to them anymore, and they, they don't, want, don't want to be reminded of it. They don't want to see it. It's not important to them. And or it was the McKinley Elementary School Lions, <laughs> and now they're in high school. Actually, oh, yeah, the, that could be it. We had one patient who had a Tasmanian devil with a Confederate flag. Oh, and... I was going to ask, are there people- <laughs> You've seen that before. Uh, no, I was going to ask, are there people who've left hate groups- and now they want to take away the signage? Not so much that more gang-related, but oh, yeah, gang I, I related. think the yeah, gang. Confederate flag was certainly one he didn't want to have on it anymore. Well, yeah, because because there was there was a, a time when, it, when, when white people just didn't realize that that might not be something they want on their body. Yeah. It, it meant Southern Rock and stuff like that. I think the Dukes of Hazzard was probably And the probably Dukes of Hazzard, that. exactly. Well, sort of it meant that. Well, the Dukes it of Hazzard did fly that flag, you know. Yeah, but I mean, there was something that attracted people to that that might have been... It, you know, I'm not going to say you're wrong. Flags are a symbol. After all, they have no real function yeah, beyond no, symbolic. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that, Paul. You can't really do anything I'm with not them. really defending people for having to... Having to I heard what you said. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to take callers. So gang tattoos. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so that's now something I, people like off. Why did you start doing tattoo removal to begin with? Because I felt that it was a thing that people do to themselves that they regret, and I wanted to be able to help them to change their bodies in a way that would make them happier. Wow. You could win the Miss Universe contest with with an answer like that. Well, you don't want to hear the second reason, which was was... that I thought maybe they would be in there in one else to get some Botox. Okay, there you go. I think you, we, yeah. all, we also call it a lost leader. Or yeah, full uh, service plastic surgery. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, like, so, all right, so you were hoping to get additional clients for additional. Tra- I wouldn't so have been have, disappointed if that happened. Yeah. Absolutely. So, have you done like, uh, have you done like Botox injections for all the Crips now as a result? They don't tend to have a lot of money to spend on right. the Botox, but. Crips don't have a lot of money to spend on Botox? Really? I thought they were a 
the uh, a financial gang. Yeah, <laughs> aren't they on the <laughs> Forbes dead. Forbes list? Of yeah, I thought they were like dealing it's, drugs, it's, weren't it's they? Likely that that their income distribution is somewhat unequal in the various ranks of Crips. Oh, I see, because <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of places for the money to be distributed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's not always it's not always equitable. No, I, I have never heard of it it's, as a great business with fantastic benefits. Yeah, it's just a little bit like Walmart. Yes, it's exactly like it's, Walmart. Yeah, <laughs> so they all have group. They both have, have you greeters. Walmart tattoos? No, no, that hasn't come through yet. I don't even know what a Walmart tattoo would look. Would it just say Walmart? Or it would be that mm-hmm. smiley face that they adopted? Uh, You're probably taking smiley. I've probably faces taken off. smiley faces off. Yeah, like for how sure. many tattoos have you taken off at this point? Oh gosh, probably over a thousand. Wow, and what's yeah. the weirdest one you took and it was off? Two people. They were Crips. So there was a woman named Bunny who had a bunny on her hand. And I've just thought that was hilarious. See, that's, <laughs> that's not that weird. I thought that was really interesting. Now, was she changing her name from Bunny to something else? No, it was because she was, she was starting just a back nursing on the bunny. school. Yeah, she was pulling. She was starting a program where they didn't want her to have uh, tattoos on her hands. Oh, but a lot of I mean, I thought the I think I heard the military was changing that too. A lot of places that originally said no tattoos, no tattoos, are going back on them now because so many people have to, tattoos. Yeah, they would have no one serving if they ruled out right, tattoos. exactly. Other than me, and well, I cannot served. do all I had the to bring jobs. Popeye up again, but he served. He probably got that tattoo in the Navy. No, he how already much got would it cost after. for Popeye to get that tattoo removed? Probably about twenty five hundred dollars. Really? And how Whoa. many sessions would it take? Uh, probably about twelve. 12 sessions, $2,500 to get that anchor off his forearm. You know yeah. what? Then it's never going to happen because every time he's on his way to do something, yeah. stuff happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's always an interruption, whether it's Bluto or olive oil or Yeah, he or doesn't sweepy. have a lot of quiet moments, I guess. No, exactly. It all starts out nice. He like, had enough um, time to get the tattoo put on. Right. Yeah. It's a pretty nicely detailed anchor. Yeah, they, yeah. The, he had one of those Navy ones that they do late at night yeah. when they're drunk. You get a lot of Navy guys? Not really, no. Because you're in Beverly Hills. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they, they go to the Long Beach tat, uh, tattoo removal served. place. Those yeah, yeah, get yeah, served. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I've already asked you what the strangest tattoo you've removed, but I felt, I felt like I feel like you have a couple more that you haven't told me about. I feel like Bunny is a... Yeah, that was, you know, not the most Did Bunny offensive. complete hers? Did she finish taking she it off? She did not. No. no. So, so so she's got a, somewhere there's a woman named Bunny with half a bunny on her hand. So ladies and gentlemen, if you see a woman with a faded bunny on her hand, <laughs> send her back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but that Grab is her that's and an send because you went faded bunny and I went half a bunny. What would be what's on Bunny's hand right now? More of a fade. Okay, so you do the whole bunny, but you have to take it it out in stages. One thing that's interesting, um, I don't know if all the listeners know, is that a lot of people will uh, have tattoo removal treatment to just lighten a tattoo so that then they can get a cover-up. So it's not always about complete removal. Sometimes it's just to get it lightened enough so they can have a nicer bit of artwork covering over, and then they don't have to spend the money for the complete removal. Oh, so, so they, like their tattoo art, they'll go see their tattoo artist, and the tattoo artist will be like, "Ooh, that's kind of dark. I don't think I can cover that. Why don't you go see Rosenberg and let him?" So zap if they it a don't lighten times. it enough and then get a tattoo put over it, they're just completely screwed. Right. I mean, it's just like another bad piece of work on top of like a bad ex boyfriend. Oh, so, that's, just, <laughs> that's just terrible. Yeah, yeah. but it's symbolic. In, insult to injury. Right. This yeah. is true. Now, yeah. is this one of your fa- is this one of your favorite or most common pieces of plastic surgery that you do, or is it just that you happen to do this? No, I think. 
in my office, I wanted to be able to offer a variety of different services. It's uh-huh. certainly something that I am passionate about making comfortable for people. I think right. one of the things about tattoo removal that I'm the most passionate about is making it not a miserable experience, trying to make it something that people um, aren't afraid to have and something that you know, we can change the reputation for what tattoo removal can be. Nice. Like you're the first painless dentist, but in the world of tattoo removal. Right. I just don't like that patients have to have you know anything painful done to them if you can do anything to them that can minimize their discomfort it should be done and 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 there is a terrible reputation as you said about tattoo removal people think it's the most excruciating thing in the world yeah this is exactly what i say to my taekwondo instructor about you know when i'm doing exercises i (laughs) say it would be better if you were the kind of um taekwondo instructor that didn't want your um your students to feel pain and how does how does that play usually? It doesn't, it doesn't go well. Speak, not not no. too well. <laughs> well, thank you, Dr. Rosenberg, for slinging ink off our bodies, Paula. What advice can you now give our listeners about removing permanent body art beyond just calling them a bunch of dumbasses? Eric, I've come to some conclusions based on that interview. Can you give me some tattoo removal background music? Perfect. Removing a tattoo is incredibly painful. But Dr. (laughs) Rosenberg, or Eraserhead, as his patients call him, (laughs) believes firmly in pumping the epidermis full of pain meds. It takes a long time to get them removed. Do you hear that? A long time. And you have to return over and over again, and let's face it, pay while you're high. People put tattoos all over their bodies, and the stupidest people put them in the stupidest places. So think about it a lot before you put Scott on your twat. (laughs) Dr. David Rosenberg is a board-certified plastic surgeon in Beverly Hills. Thank you very much for joining us, Dr. Rosenberg. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Jesus fucks. Get ready for the miracle of Mega, a comedy podcast from the staff of a fictional mega church. And, and not only does he fuck, but he's the best at it. I'm Holly Loren. And I'm Greg Hess. Our characters, Holly and Gray, welcome a new guest each week, played by some of the biggest names in comedy and podcasting. Like Scott Aukerman, Lauren Lapkus, Paul Shear, Jason Manzukis, Cecily Strong, and Duncan Trussell. I just love to think about that, the light shining down on all those corpses in the water and Noah just going by and maybe, maybe a mom being like, please, we're running out of energy. Can you please let us on the boat? It's completely improvised and it's devilishly funny. Is there any question you have for us about, you know, what it means to live a life in Christ? I guess, how much do you think is bullshit? There's a new episode every Sunday. Listen and subscribe to Mega, wherever you get your podcasts. Best I ever had. Best I Y'all can do it. Y'all can do it. Y'all sing along. You know what I'm saying? Here go. Jesus, you the best. Jesus, you're the best. You to be the best. Jesus, you're Jesus, the best. You're the best. Oh, okay, best never mind. I ever had. Best wow. I ever had. The Cat of the Week is Tuesday from Ellensburg, Washington. Thank 
you. House band, Eric Calver. Oh, Eric, you're great. Scott Thank you. on your twat. Scott on your twat. <laughs> Think about it a lot. Oh, my God. I love that. Boy. Paula, I, I know that you uh, have no tattoos because you often wear a T-shirt. I do often wear a T-shirt. And it, re- it reveals your clean... Pristine arms. That's the well. Yes. This is a this is a wonderful segue written by Ken Lazebnik. I just want to give him credit. Or was it yeah. Tony Need a Hull? It was Ken no, Lazebnik. Ken, she's, po- she's pointing. It's, she's pointing towards New York to say <laughs> Ken. <laughs> Ken, she's 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 diverting responsibility all the way in to an New York. almost Trumpian type she's way. Throwing it. Yes, exactly. Uh, anyways, yes, I do. I'm glad you asked me because you know on my website one will find available a remarkably soft tripoly blend T-shirt with mm-hmm. a uh, self-portrait on the left breast and a memorable quote on the back. A Paula Poundstone-themed T-shirt. It is a Paula Poundstone-themed. And we have, we, shamelessly I feel Paula like our listeners have heard us disputing whether tri-poly blend is a thing yeah. uh, enough, so I'm not going to go into that again. Yeah. Well, but, it's, but it's not. You know, but um, you've... <laughs> Once you're down, once you've lost, stay down. You know what I mean? I haven't lost. You yeah. lost. Eight, nine, ten. Stay down, Felber. <laughs> oh, stay my down. God. You lost. No, no. You're Tri- like Cool Hand Luke. You just keep, you you just keep getting up like, and getting busted you know, in the lip again. I feel like people who work in, 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 in the garment industry now are making Paula Poundstone dartboards over this one. What are the likelihood of anybody who works in the garment industry listening to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone? Touche. Yeah. Anyway, Maximum Fun carries this podcast fine t-shirt. Yes. It's 100% cotton, and they're available at MaximumFun.org. If you go there, you can also find other great podcasts. Well, like, that's a freakish coincidence. Yeah. Podcasts like these. Dead Pilot Society brings you exclusive readings of comedy pilots that were never made, featuring actors like Patton Oswalt. So the vampire from the future sleeps in the dude's studio during the day, and they hunt monsters at night. It's Blade meets the odd couple. <laughs> Adam Scott and Jane Levy. Come on, Corey. She's too serious, too businessy. She doesn't know the hokey pokey. Well, she'll learn what it's all about. <laughs> Busy Phillips and Dave Keckner. Baby, this is family. My Uncle Tell, who showed his wiener to Cinderella at Disneyland, is family. Do you want him staying with us? He did stay with us for three months. And he was a delight. <laughs> a new pilot every month, only on Dead Pilot Society for Maximum Fun. Hey, it's Jesse, the host of Bullseye with Jesse Thorne. I'm coming to Portland, Oregon. We're going to be doing a very special live episode of Bullseye my NPR interview show. It's taking place Friday, February 15th at Revolution Hall. What are you going to see if you go to Portland, Oregon to see this show? You will see me live on stage talking with folks like Corin Tucker from Slater Kinney, director Lance Bangs, writer Bill Oakley, Simpsons legend. Uh, We will also have live music from Roseblood and live comedy from Katie Wen. It's going to be a blast and a half. It's also part of a big podcast festival called Listen Up Portland. Tons of other great podcasts are playing at it, too. Our pals, the Doughboys, among others. So, again, that's Friday, February 15th at Revolution Hall in Portland, Oregon, 7 p.m. Tickets are on sale now. Get them at listenupportland.com. And thanks. Thank you, house band Eric Calver. Oh, man, that is that is making my night. I believe it was your idea to have a drummer here, wasn't it? It was my idea. Yes, I've I've never, I never even heard of drummers before. Now, yeah. Paula, you have an audition tomorrow. I do. I have an audition in the morning. In the morning, I'm tomorrow already, morning. You know, 
I first of all, I suck at auditioning. I get so nervous. Okay. And you know, I've been a stand-up comic anyways for thirty-nine years. Now, do you get nervous I've, when you do stand-up comedy? So it depends. It depends on the situation sometimes. But you know what happens when I get nervous, Adam? And this is gonna shock you. Okay. Is I cannot stop talking. So you're like and always so, nervous. And so I am often nervous. So I go <laughs> into the audition. And for those, you know, for the listeners who don't know, it, you know, it's usually held in like an office building somewhere. Not even necessarily like a studio. I'm just like. It could be just like it could be a you know a hotel room or something. They find a small it room. It shouldn't somewhere. be in a hotel room. It should best not be, but it can be. Yeah. But they you know not with just one guy in a bed. That no, that's not an audition. No. Um. But uh, good to know. Anyways, you know they get a line of other people waiting to read for the same part as you, and you're sitting in a waiting room with them, and then you go in, and and they have a schedule to keep. But I get in there, and I cannot. I can't even do the reading because I can't stop talking. What do you talk about? I don't know. After 20 minutes, I'll realize I've told them about my Aunt Irene and Uncle Leslie's laundromat in Huntsville, Alabama. You must never get cast in shit. Well, I don't often. And a lot of times... Or I'll tell them about the guilt I feel about when I was in the fifth grade and we threw wet paper towels onto the ceiling of the girls' room. Now that's just, unless you're auditioning for some sort of school-oriented thing. No, it has nothing to do with the part. You just start blabbering. So I'll be in there for like 30 minutes and it's for a part that's like one line. It doesn't even have a name. It's like, you know, loud woman on the bus. Wow. Yeah, it's well, a problem. Yeah, that's a really big problem. I'd it imagine that you problem. don't get those parts a lot because people are people probably just stare at you and think like, we don't no. need that on our set. Have you ever seen me in a movie on a bus? <laughs> Never. No, that's right. I yeah. lost that. And I watch a I lot of bus-themed movies. <laughs> oh, you do? It's kind, love, of a, kind of a you love, hobby Trust of me, I've had to sit through them with you. I know. <laughs> All right, well, Paula, you're not alone. It turns out millions of Americans deal with anxiety, or they don't deal with it is the problem, uh, or they deal with it in the wrong way, or they think they're dealing with it uh, the wrong way, which only makes us more anxious and desperate for some sleep so that we can finally get rid of this gnawing, anxious feeling about impending financial doom and the inevitability of death that causes our heart to race and to feel slightly nauseous. And please, therapist Mark Weiss, tell us how to handle anxiety. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Weiss is here. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome, welcome. And you're here and you deal in anxiety. Uh, I do. You're just in time. Uh, it seems like it, yes. Yeah. How do we cope with it here? How do you cope with anxiety? Yeah. Well, Paula's anxiety is Paula's anxiety is what you'd expect for somebody who's in that high stress situation. Right. You're going to respond to it. Your body responds. Your brain responds. And sometimes you talk too much. Sometimes you can't talk at all. Sometimes yeah, that's never happened to Paula. Uh, well. <laughs> well, I mean, I I can talk. I just can't talk about what the subject is sure. supposed to be. Sure. Is that because her mind is racing in all kinds of directions because of anxiety? Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. Okay, so uh, is that, and that's got to be a common cause of anxiety. It is auditioning is a very stressful thing. People sure. are judging you. Sure, yeah. uh, that's right. Uh, uh, auditioning, job interviews, right. Um, Speaking in front of the public, people hate that. Yeah. That, now, they say that's the number one fear, is right. public speaking. Some, You'd think a gun to the head. Well, somebody said that means that you're more afraid of speaking than dying, which is crazy. Right. But That is crazy. That's, yeah. yeah. Now, I don't have that fear, the public speaking thing. You don't? I don't even really have much stage fright. It's just like, like I don't get nervous before I perform. Well, that's just ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it is. Anywho, it's not like I don't have anxiety. I have anxiety about other things, but like, yeah, I mean, I, I know the show's going to start. I know it's going to end. I'm probably going to have a good time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow, I love that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so what are the most common causes of anxiety? 
you mentioned a lot of them already. Okay. You've run through money, relationships. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have um, social anxiety where they're just uncomfortable dealing with people. Mm-hmm. Um, Why is that, though? Because we're all people, right? So how did that happen from an evolutionary standpoint, do you think? From an evolutionary standpoint? I mean, why would the body and the brain function that way to make us afraid of people when we are obviously are born into the world in a situation where we're going to be around them? We're really, social anxiety, you're not really afraid of, of people. You're afraid of doing something that's going to make you look foolish. Uh-huh. That's what it's about. And thus be thrown out of the, gr- the clan of people. I, maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you could think of it that way. Yes. <laughs> I'm just trying to find, help Paula find yeah, it. Ev- yeah. Yeah. Paula wants an evolutionary explanation right. for everything. We're going to be thrown out of the clan of people. Yes. You no longer belong to People Incorporated. Um, okay, now Paula has told me that when she is anxious, she swears more. Mm-hmm. Is that common? Fuck yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've encountered that specifically, but it doesn't uh-huh. surprise me. Swearing is an emotional release. Okay. And if you're anxious, you need to do something to release the, the anxiety. So, that so you just like start peppering your conversation yeah. with a few F-bombs sure. and you feel a little like you're like in a, sure. a little escape valve. Gives okay. you a little little bit of feeling of power, maybe. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, because you, you're you not supposed to do those things. Right. And there and you if you're are. anxious, you're feeling powerless. So Is that why, Paula? Do you so feel if powerless? you do things that you're not supposed to do, that makes you feel more powerful? Absolutely. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, because, you're making your own rules. Right. So I had one time, I had met with John Williams, the conductor, mm-hmm. one time. Uh, and, Overrated. Uh, I was at, <laughs> I was in his man. office Legend. at the Symphony Hall in Boston, and mm-hmm. it was very sort of austere and, you know, polished wood and a little kind of hushed tones and, and uh, open, it wasn't cluttered, it was very open, and uh, I was so nervous that every few, and I was there to read um, Towards the Night Before Christmas um, with the orchestra um, the Boston Symphony Orchestra? It might have been the Boston Pops, actually. Okay. But uh, still, so, that's know, an impressive gig, Paula. It, it, yeah. it was, I, and I was, I was, I was beyond nervous. And so every I'm up there talking to him, and I just heard myself, you know, saying "fuck this" and "fuck that." <laughs> Part of the reason I heard it was because I saw the look on his face, but of shock. Um, but now I realize if it was just a matter of feeling powerful because I was doing what you weren't supposed to do, um, I could have like lit his office furniture on fire. Yeah. So I think I made the better choice. Yes. I think you made a very strong choice. Thank I, you. Yes. That's not really a question so much as it's a story, right? So, it was a little story. Yeah. How would you um, recommend? <laughs> I was just authenticating. Yeah. What I was doing, Adam, yeah. was um, validating what you said with a little story. It and that's a- what we do when we have each other's backs. Wow. Thank you for having my back in that way, Paula. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you have you have people's backs more than just about anybody. Yeah, I do. I like to validate people's, uh, uh, what like they say the with a little story. Like filibustering. Um, now, uh, Mark, let's get let's get to it. How do you deal with anxiety? What's what what can what's can Paula do walking into an audition that's going to help, or is it something she has to deal with the night before? The night before and when she walks in. Okay. There's a couple ways to deal with anxiety. The first is to try and put in perspective what's going on. Uh-huh. Anxiety comes about because, you were talking about evolution before, mm-hmm. we are built, we, we have built in um, responses when there's danger. Right. Right, with a fight or flight response. Oh, so right. now you're going all evolutionary. Okay, but, but sure. Okay. Follow me out here. Okay. Um, so when we were at the beginning of our evolution and out on the, out on the plains and there's... Are tigers. we fish at this point or people? People, people. Okay. But you're out, right? Okay. But you're out. But you're out on the plains, and there's mm-hmm. there's tigers, at it, right? Yeah. You need to be able. There's physical danger. 
and you need to be able to respond to it. Yeah. So you have the fight or flight thing where either mm-hmm. you run like hell or you figure out you're going to fight, right? Right. Mm-hmm. You still have those responses, but today they're no longer... Um, Very few tigers. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So we don't have sort of physical danger, so we make up danger, essentially. Okay. We come oh, up wow. with things. We come up with things that feel like they're really scary, but they're really not. I mean, well, they're not as scary. I mean, well, well, right. I mean, there's a big difference between between that tiger's going to eat me, and I don't know if I'm going to get this part from a, from this audition. Yeah, it's worse to not get a part, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, have I been in Hollywood too long? I, guess, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, the truth is, I never get parts. So, well, it, but, but, but you know, but so if in you terms listen of to, to in terms Mark. of what you were saying about what you know was the first thing you said about like um, what will happen. You have to if you can put in perspective. In perspective, yeah, right. yeah. So the perspective is, yeah. Right. Um, I just have to find my car and drive home again. That's the perspective. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. It was. It was a nice. I spent twenty minutes telling people a story about my great aunt Irene and Uncle Leslie, and now I drive home. Yeah. That's pretty so, much the perspective. Now this is the night before. Right now, this is, we're really at the night before an audition for okay. Paula. What can What can we do? Okay. I'm not sure that he. The, so. The night before is probably too late to start. Shit! Wow, you forget yeah, that. Now just my, don't go. My anxiety just skyrocketed. So, now, now what? I'm what behind you, okay. on my anxiety prep. Wow. What could be more anxiety provoking? Are you just trying to drum up business, Mark? Because it yeah. seems like now she really I'm needs you. Behind on my anxiety prep. <laughs> I should have left already. Do you think there's going to be traffic? Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. And, I, so, and I, my hair is the wrong color. That's definitely. another thing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> For angry woman on the bus. Is it angry woman on the bus tomorrow? No, it's loud woman loud on the woman bus. On the bus. Tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm excited. I might get it. So what I mean by that is people who... First of all, everybody has anxiety. Okay. It's a normal thing. And... um Everybody finds different ways to cope with it on their own. I mean, people, you have a drink. You, yeah. I'm not recommending these things. I'm just saying these yeah. are things that happen. By the way, right. that went south on me. Um, um, if you have, if anxiety is a problem for you, and by a problem I mean it's actually something that interferes with your life. Mm-hmm. That's sort of the definition of when anxiety becomes something that is, yeah. right, a diagnosable yeah. thing. Absolutely. Um, there is a whole slew of tools that you can use to help relax yourself Mm -hmm. um meditation various mindfulness um skills Uh um, relaxation techniques where you just sit and 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 relax your body jacuzzis Uh, sure sure is that why i'm too late because i don't have time to buy a jacuzzi that that and have it installed before tomorrow morning take a dip if you want but i don't think he's talking about that my my point is that the that dealing with anxiety isn't a one-time thing it's a it's a it's a developing the tools for yourself uh-huh. to be able to manage it when it comes up. It's a oh, series of habits. Yeah, essentially that you have to develop. Essentially, because people it seems like we're getting that advice a lot, Paula. That you and I have the wrong habits, and and, we, it, and, and to, there's no quick fixes. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. This is this show is becoming no quick fix with Paula. <laughs> yeah. And Adam. Yeah. Nobody listens to Paul Poundstone's well, the, slow fixes. The, the quick fix would be medication. Medication. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. But that messes with your head in some ways, right? I mean, some pe- I, I, I don't love taking aspirin. Right. No, I get that. And with my clients, I don't push it one way or the other. But okay. if, if it aspirin? seems... 
I don't think you need to feel bad about pushing aspirin. Why did you, why did you just say I don't love taking aspirin? I, I really don't like taking any, many medicines at all. I make an exception for Benadryl because I think I'd be dead without it. Um, but uh, I just don't like medicate. I don't like, yeah, I just don't like them. Hmm. I don't like uh, having to deal with side effects or, or, or having my consciousness altered in a way that I am not in control of. Hmm. I've taken my cat's flea meds. Yeah, well, yeah, you and I you, are different. You just Townstone. put it between your shoulder blades so you can't lick it. <laughs> <laughs> Has that worked for you? Do you, do you see me scratching? No. Right. All right. There yeah. you go. Okay. So, so, but no, I'm not saying that meds are bad for everybody. That's... What I'm saying is, is there are times when I will say, you might might benefit from it. Okay. It's up to you, but you might. Benefit. If somebody's a complete wreck. Yes, and there are people who are complete wrecks. Yeah, They come into my office and it's like, I want to do something for them right away because it's clear that they're in real bad shape. I right. hope you don't tell them right away that they're too late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you weren't on the clock here, Paula. He was allowed to tell you anything he wants to do. <laughs> you you know, we should track this audition. See how you do. Talk about it next week. See. That's a good idea. Yeah. You know, I have come up with some things that I do. To cope with anxiety. Just so our listeners know, Paula is currently inflating a balloon. I, like I do balloon animals and very uh, minor, they're somewhat interpretive, uh, but there's a lot of skill that goes into it. You know, I was making fun of you for, for months on this show about Let's, that, yeah. but you are developing some balloon animal skills. Yeah. Is that something you recommend? Balloon animals? Balloon animals? Yes. <laughs> Specifically? <laughs> well... <laughs> How is this for an anxiety controlling <laughs> hobby? What's what you're seeing before you? These somewhat abstract but nonetheless improving balloon creations. I if if that if that helps Paula be less anxious, then yeah, it's a great thing. Is it making I, you less anxious? I feel fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm only worried that I haven't started this balloon animal soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's let's differentiate because um, you know I've had a super anxious year too, yeah. and I'm not trying to get free therapy here. Um, but you know I've he been I've been underemployed a for a calendar stuff. year, so okay. I've I've lost some sleep. Um, I want to I want to define some terms. What's the difference between anxiety and an anxiety attack? Okay, um, anxiety attack is really a different name for a panic attack. Okay. okay. And what's a panic attack? Okay. It's an anxiety attack, Paula. Thank you. <laughs> End of story. Boy, I think we've got that. <laughs> Earlier I felt like I didn't know, but now... Now it's just so clear. A, a panic attack is a very intense short-term experience okay. where um, you usually have all sorts of physical symptoms, often uh-huh. focusing on uh, shortness of breath, tightness in your chest, okay. um, lightheadedness, nausea. It, it often... People think they're having a heart attack. Oh, wow. And how long do those tend to last? They can go on a while. Like Like a while? Hours. Hours? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so a lot of people have panic attacks. Many people have like one in their life. Okay. Okay. And they often end up in the hospital because they think, I'm dying. And they run to the hospital and they do the test and they say, there's something wrong with you. Nothing physically wrong with you. Yeah. That happened to my dad once, once in his life. Right. A lot of people have it once or twice in their life. People who have panic disorder it happens a lot wow i mean when i i i, I have panic disorder oh is, you do i do i do it's largely under control right now but okay. back when i was younger and i didn't have it under control i would have panic attacks three four times a week so three or four wow. times a week you felt like you were having a heart attack yes 
Wow, and how did you get it under control? I'm guessing, I, if this story is a good story, mm-hmm. you found a therapist who did the kind of things that you do today. Exactly. Oh, you wow. also can go online and see uh, Mark's balloon animals on his website. No, you can't. He has a gallery <laughs> of not. balloon animals. This is not true. He didn't realize until tonight until that tonight. that was part of what was helping him. But that yes. was really what did it. And yeah. All He's the a balloon animal bullshit. expert. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you must. Well, did you have anxiety as you were having like three, potentially three a week? Did you have anxiety about the next yep. panic attack Absolutely. that was oh, going to come? Because that would like, yeah. Exactly. That and that, would... that is actually part of the disorder. Yeah. Is that wow. the panic attack itself, what happens is you start to feel uh, anxious and um, you get anxious about being anxious. Right, yeah. Oh. And that starts to build. That's how I am with sleeping. I'm uh, like that with sleeping too. Yeah, the, the, uh, every the, time, every time the clock ticks another minute away, that's another minute I haven't slept, which adds right. to the pressure yeah, of like I need right. to sleep. Yeah. Which is where I came up with my sleeping to Columbo uh, system, or sleeping to Columbo and or Perry. Oh, Mason. you're going to like this, Mark, because this will prove to be very not useful for the rest of your career. <laughs> Go no, ahead, Paula. Just... Talk about sleeping with Columbo. No, not with Columbo. I don't sleep with Columbo. <laughs> you want to? I sleep <laughs> maybe when he was younger. Um, <laughs> Uh, not dead. No, there was uh, not dead. There was something about that coat. Um, <laughs> the, yes, the, the universal coat of the pervert, which he oh, wore. Oh, right, it was. Yeah. Well, yeah, but he used it different. Yeah. Um, Columbo never flashed anybody. Um, all right, no, so here's what I do. I would sleep to either a, a, a Columbo or a Perry Mason because I've seen them all a million times. Mm-hmm. And so I... I am distracted from my anxiety about not getting to sleep. I can actually roll over. I don't have to be looking at the screen right. because I, I already know what's going to happen. I've seen it literally a hundred times. You know times. he's going to flash that little girl. I, he's not going to flash. I know he's going. I know you know. Yeah. I know what he's going to say. I know where he's looking. I know what the scene hey, looks uh, like. One more thing. Have you ever seen one of these? <laughs> <laughs> You're the, you're the only, ah, one more question. <laughs> you're the only person I know who would ruin Columbo. Uh, no, don't even get actually, me. This, I think. I think that. I and I saw Mark nodding during this. This it, that sounds like a pretty good anxiety relieving technique. It is. Yeah, because if I started a movie or a television show that I hadn't seen before, or heaven forbid, the news, mm-hmm. right? Then I would feel the need mm-hmm. to stay up and keep watching and be sort of glued to it. But this is is it sort of can go on a certain background. Who likes puppets? Anybody want to see puppets? I got one under my coat. You know what? Before I leave, one more thing. Don't you speak ill of Peter Falk. I love Peter Falk. I'm so sorry. I I don't even know why I'm doing that. I I, I don't know. uh, They're great shows. And the same thing with uh, Perry Mason. I've seen every Perry Mason a million Mm. times. I already know who did it. I can can understand how that might help you sleep. I mean, I know how many deep breaths Della's going to take in a scene. Wow, that's how much I know those. But anyways, that does help yeah. me with not uh, with not being able to. So sleep. So you were having lots and lots of panic attacks. Yeah. Now, Paula, do you feel like you've had panic attacks, or do you just think you've had an ongoing one for several years? Yeah, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't call. No, I've never felt like I was having a heart attack. And okay. by the way, I wouldn't rush to a hospital if I did. Why not? I would just consider it a graceful out. <laughs> <laughs> Adjusted right there or suicidal? There's a, there's I that's a good question. It's not suicidal. I would just, I would just, uh, if the opportunity arises, you'd take it. I just, yeah, Yeah. I wouldn't. I I don't want to cut in line, 
but I want to take my turn. <laughs> I actually relate to that. <laughs> I knew if we if we stayed together as friends for twenty years or so, we would find something. We'd in find like that Venn diagram. <laughs> that thing that, that it's thing just that, that brings us together. Just so we won't rush to the hospital for we're, a heart we're attack. Basically, super fatalistic. We yeah. might as yeah. well be you know, Swedes. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end. <laughs> and, and I'm just hoping that I have a short middle. That's my feeling. <laughs> All right. So you, one of the ways you dealt with your well, anxiety. Well, you never told us. Maybe because I kept interrupting. Yeah, maybe. That's one of the things I do when I'm nervous. Um, so Mark what were the nervous? techniques that you use for yourself to, uh, what do you call that, mediate? What's the right word? Ameliorate? That's the word. Yeah. 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 Um, things like you just described. I mean, it's, it's all about uh, finding ways to calm your mind. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Anxiety is, or a panic attack is, uh, it's... It's your your worries run amok is what's uh-huh. happening. Uh-huh. So you have to sort of cut short the 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 cycle. Right. So right. the things that you're doing uh, when you're when you're focusing on something you already know that's what you're doing. Yeah. But it's all about stopping that cycle. Yeah. How awful is social media for anxiety? You know, it, it's it's a good question. Yeah. There's a lot of evidence that like Facebook is is bad for people because they see other people's um, yeah. curated lives. Right. Yes. And think, nobody... well, that guy has a great life. Right. My life sucks compared to that. Yeah. Right. And, and, it, and it seems like all the activities you were just talking about are things that take people's minds off their problems. Whereas it seems like social media, you you are steeping yourself in your life and the life of your friends. And like that would be the last thing that you'd want to do as you're trying to go to sleep at night. And it seems like that's oh, yeah. the thing that oh, yeah. people always do when they're go- I do it yeah. when I'm going yeah. to sleep at night. So it's if you're, terrible. If you're trying to get to sleep and you have trouble getting to sleep, there's a whole set of, of rules that come under the, the term sleep hygiene. Uh-huh. Um, which are designed to help, which which have been studies have shown will make it easier for you to sleep. I don't like that word hygiene because yeah. then while I'm falling asleep, I think you know my room's kind of dirty. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't have to use that. Those sleep those hygiene. Words. Yeah. yeah no. All right. So what are those things? What okay, are the sleep so, hygiene? Things? So for instance, um, always go to sleep at the same time. Always oh, get Jesus. up at the same time. Yeah. Ah. Don't do anything. Are you a parent. I am, and oh. I know. I, I I'm not saying these are reasonable rules. Oh, they're good are, rules. But these are, but these are these are what ideal. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Okay? Thank you. Yeah. Go to sleep at the same time. Get up at the same time. Don't do anything in bed except sleep. Okay. And have sex if you're if you're inclined. If you're so inclined. Yeah. Um, but don't ever watch TV. Or you could read have or one bed for sex and one bed for sleeping. Sure, if you, you wanted to. Yes. But yeah. Mainly, don't read. It would be like one of those progressive dinner parties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on what you're serving, we're either going to the sex bed or the sleep bed after yeah, this. Yeah, we go to the sex bed and then you go to the sleep bed. Or unless you're serving something very heavy, in which case you got to go to the sleep bed and then the sex bed. Oh, is that true? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah I guess. Yeah. What would right. I know a about A lot it? of okay. wine sauces and stuff. <laughs> All right, so sorry. I interrupted <laughs> okay, again. I didn't mean really to. That's okay. Here. That's okay. So, so um, um, if, you, if you spend more than 20 minutes trying to get to sleep, get up and do something for a few minutes and then come back. That's a good idea. No, don't lay there for an hour. And, mm-hmm. and stare at the ceiling. It just makes you more anxious. Yeah, right. definitely. So oh, that's, that's minutes, a get very good leave. piece of advice. Um, the other thing that you can do is, it's kind of what you're doing with the TV, and it's that when people talk about uh, counting sheep, Yeah. what's actually happening there is because you're counting and you're visualizing, you're using your whole brain. Oh, so counting sheep is actually a pretty good idea. So, and there are variations on that. What what I do for myself, yeah, I don't myself, like sheep. They creep me out. I was going to say, not if you're a vegan. <laughs> yeah. So what I do for myself is you tell yourself a story and make sure you visualize it while you're telling it. 
Oh. Oh. So like I, I, you mentioned earlier that you're a cyclist. I'm a cyclist too, mm-hmm. and, I, and I have certain favorite routes. So I will yeah. literally spool out the the, the ride. Oh, that's a good idea. Right. Okay, now I'm going to get on my bike. I'm going to go down that street and make mm-hmm. a left, and I can see the, the house that I always pass. And when you do that... It, again, it sort of it sort of cuts. It cuts fills the, your brain up, so that you can't be up. worrying about other things. And you relax, and usually it works for me. Now, how long ago did you kind of conquer your anxiety and become a therapist? I've been a therapist. For I'm about, hoping you're not going to say eight days. <laughs> <laughs> I've been a therapist for about five or six years. Uh huh. Conquered my. That's an interesting question. Okay. I went. I went about 10, 12 years of of struggle. Seeing okay. various therapists, right. trying different medications, different things, and, and that got me sort of a managing it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then finally, when I was about 40, I got a therapist that clicked. Oh, wow. And she was able to, to I mean, there was a period of about eight or nine years when I had no panic attacks at all. Fantastic. Nothing at all. Um, Do you always sort of, you know, I have OCD. And it's only diagnosed no. based, I know it's hard to believe, it's only diagnosed based on the degree to which it interrupts your life. And there right. was a period of my life where it interrupted a lot. Right. And um, I don't know what made it go away. I think some of it is just sort of biochemistry, aging, mm-hmm. whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I do often, uh, you know, if I don't fall asleep for a long time, I do sometimes start to think it's just waiting in the wings somewhere. You know, it's just, it's outside in the car. I, like, do you ever have that feeling? Like sure. it's, you know, sure. T- there's something that I used to do that I didn't do anymore, but I don't know what it is. And when I happen to do that thing someday, mm-hmm. back it, it, it will come. Right. right. Well, in my case, there are certain things that I know used to trigger it. Okay. So like there, there was a time when I could not go into a movie theater because I knew that if I went to a movie theater, I was going to have a panic attack. Wow. wow. Okay. And skydiving, that probably yeah, that wasn't too. good. Yes, that, yeah. That's, yeah. that yes. was a mistake. Skydiving was always tough. Yeah. But yeah. at some point I realized I could go into a theater again. Right. But even so, to this day, even though it's been years since I had that problem, when I when I go to a theater, there's always that little thought. Hope today is isn't this the day. Is going to put me back down? Is that this hole? the day that, that it reappears? <clears throat> that's a, that, that's so, a reasonable fear. That's a, yeah. that sounds reasonable. Maybe. I mean, like I've seen I you, think... Paula, doing stuff that you to- that you've told me that you did when you were super OCD, and you don't seem to have a problem with it. No, no. I mean, I think part of it. It's just a theory. I don't know for sure. I, I think part of it is that so many other things have gone wrong that. Uh, <laughs> I just don't have time to focus on my OCD anymore. (laughs) Like I've just been, you know, like an avalanche has hit me and so I'm just underneath a bunch of rocks. You don't have time Um, to count matches anymore. Right, exactly. (laughs) You know, who has time to make their papers even on their desk? (laughs) When the house is on fire. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think for you, probably, um, when remember when you were working for that knife thrower and you were the guy on the board? board, yeah. Yeah, I think you made a good decision. Decision leaving that. Oh, that's uh, uh, that was a step forward. That reminds you of something. That reminds me of something. Yes, because it's 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 the one question that I haven't asked yet that I kind of wanted to ask. Do you find that people who have like more dangerous jobs have more or less or no correlation uh, when it comes to anxiety? Like the knife thrower, is he more anxious than the pencil pusher? I have no experience with knife throwers. Okay. <laughs> wow. But, I hope we can isolate that. But, on the, but I'd my, like to just play that every so often. 
I have no experience with knife throwers. Ray Horseman, if you don't mind, uh, that's going to be a sound clip that we're going to need. Oh, boy. I have no experience with knife throwers. But my guess is that if they had high anxiety, they wouldn't be a knife thrower. Well, right. that's true. Yeah, they're probably oh, so, devil so may like, care. So like panicky people don't become firemen is what we're saying. I would well, suspect that's not. true. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. panicky, that anxious people tend to go towards um, occupations that don't make them anxious. And it doesn't help. It doesn't help. All right. Sounds like they're the more anxious people anyway. Yeah, the, the, yeah, your yeah, patients yeah. are not the knife throwers. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. no. I would, uh, well, it's not throwing the knife that's the problem. It's, it's receiving being, the it's, knife. Or um, not receiving the knife. I, I would uh, really like um, sometime within my lifetime to be shot out of a cannon. I would too. Really? That's so weird. No, what are the idea? The, we yeah. have so much in common that we Honestly. didn't know, and it's because of our new therapist that we got to this place. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Paula. This is such a beautiful moment. This is a, <laughs> this is a breakthrough moment All because right. Adam never realized that he wanted to be shot out of a cannon. <laughs> See, the minute you said it, it just clicked for me. I, that sounds completely pleasant. There are times where I realize that I there's something else I want because uh, you know because I'm in a situation that's so bad to begin with that something else looks good. Mm. Really? Yeah. 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 So you don't actually think that being shot out of a cannon is pleasant. You just, it, it's better than what you got. Yeah. No, there are days where I've actually, t- I turned to a friend one day and said, uh, I would I would blow an Al-Qaeda guy to get him to shoot me in the head right now. Wow. That's a strong feeling. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I feel like you could, you could skip the blowing <laughs> part if you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, fair is fair. I would just think that, like, <laughs> as bad as that's going to be, the last thing you want. <laughs> no, I, you know, I don't want to go out of this world owing anybody. Okay. Uh. <laughs> fair enough. Well, thank you, Mark, for relieving our anxiety about anxiety. Paula, what advice can you give our listeners who are feeling anxious right now? And there's a lot of them. Hey, Eric, I have some thoughts about anxiety. Can you give me some anxiety Background music. Humans have built-in fight-or-flight responses because when we were on the planes, we had to react to real life-and-death dangers. Now, in the void of daily life-and-death dangers, the unthreatened brain uses its fight-or-flight response on lesser dangers, like a cocktail party, run, take cover, (laughs) or welcome to the Lowe's movie theater. Can I take your ticket? You're not taking my ticket, fuckhead! I'll kick your ass! It's normal to feel anxious, but when someone has anxiety disorder, however, it can interrupt their lives. And you know what? It's pretty common. So if you're freaking out in a movie theater, try saying, if anyone else is having a panic attack, raise your hand, and you'll find you're not the only one. Panic attack is a short-term experience that can include lightheadedness and nausea, like when I have sex. (laughs) Try a regimen of breathing exercises, meditation, and putting things in perspective. Like, my homework has to be perfect, and if it isn't, what's the worst thing that can happen? A lion can eat me! Mark Weiss is a licensed marriage and family therapist. Thank you for being on our show, Mark. And a huge thank you to our house band, Eric Calver. Uh, Paula, I don't suppose you're feeling anxious about any of your upcoming performances, are you? No, I'm feeling quite good about them. I'll be in Prescott, Arizona on January 26th at the Yavapai College Performing Arts Center... 
And I'm in Atlanta, Georgia on February 22nd at the Buckhead Theater. And Paula, I have one word for you. Sardi. I know that word well. What does it represent? Theme songs, advice, reviews, Twitter, Instagram. You can write to us about any of those things at nobodylistenstopaulapoundstone at gmail.com. Or visit us on Facebook at Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Unless it makes you anxious, then breathe deeply into a paper bag. Oh, we forgot to ask him about paper bags. I will now read our closing credits, speaking to wait, you. I have one. Wait, through let me. Let me. Yeah, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I have an idea. What's that? Um, if every listener tells a friend about nobody listens to Paula Poundstone, we could have ten more listeners in no time. For those a little shy to do so, here's some sample dialogue. Listener's friend, you're looking fit. Listener. Why, thank you. I've been tightening my abs, laughing at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. Just a helpful tip. That's a very helpful tip, and we are, if nothing else, an advice show, and we may be nothing else. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone, and yours truly, Adam Felber. Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita. Ho, 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 ho. Technical direction by Ray Horseman. Thank you, Ray. Special thanks to tonight's house band drummer Eric Calver. And thanks again to our guests, Dr. David Rosenberg and therapist Mark Weiss. Our head of security is Johan Knuckles Glickman. <laughs> Transcription <laughs> services for the show provided by Transcribe Me. For your special Paula Poundstone discount, use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Hit it. Ah. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.